Hey everybody, this is Michael Bowman, and thank you for joining us today on the Christ Church Podcast. Welcome. I am glad that you are here. Our topic of discussion today is the Apostles' Creed. So before anything else, I thought it might be good for me to recite it for us right here at the start. The Apostles' Creed goes like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, what is the Apostles' Creed? For the next little while, the Apostles' Creed will be the focus of our conversation together. We have been having discussions about liturgy, about its importance, why we follow a liturgy in worship, how we use a liturgy in our worship gatherings together, at least as Christ Church. And one part of the liturgy that we do follow here at Christ Church includes our standing and saying together, uh, of the Apostles' Creed, often introducing it with the words, you know, like, let us stand and affirm our faith together, blah, blah, blah. And then we go into it, saying it uh, word for word together each and every week. But even if we know the creed by heart, where we don't even have to look at the screen or the bulletin in front of us to read it, and we can say it by heart, that there still remains the fact or maybe just the truth or maybe the possibility rather that we might not know much about the Apostles' Creed in general, uh, why we say it or how important the creed has been to the church, no matter the denomination or how important this creed has been for the Christian faith throughout, well, time. And that's that's pretty much why we are going to be spending some time talking about it uh, going forward. So today, we will briefly talk about its origins and the importance of the Apostles' Creed kind of as a whole, doing like a really brief flyover. But then in the coming weeks, we will break down the creed and go basically line by line so that we might fully grasp um, what, we, what it is that we are saying we believe when we recite the Apostles' Creed together as followers of Jesus. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm glad you're joining me for this little journey through the Apostles' Creed. So why don't we go ahead and get started? To begin, it should be said that this is not the only creed that we have in the Christian faith. In fact, there are multiple statements of faith and things that we call creeds throughout the capital C church all over the world. 
Uh, however, there are three creeds that are agreed upon in Christian circles everywhere. They are kind of the main creeds of the Christian faith. And they are known as the Apostles' Creed, which we're going to be talking about, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. And I really wish that we could talk about all three, and maybe one day we'll get there, but more than likely, we won't, and that's okay. Our focus and our attention is going to be on the Apostles' Creed, mainly because this is the one that we say most often in our church body and in our worship gatherings. So let's talk about the Apostles' Creed a little bit more. We find the Apostles' Creed being used all the way back in the early 3rd century. Now, it wasn't totally put together um, in the same way, using the same words as we know it today. Most scholars agree on this fact, though, that it wasn't formally put together in the way that we know it today until about the 7th century. But all the way back early in the 3rd century, we see it being used in its early forms during baptism. That's important for us to know. The first thing that we really should know about the Apostles' Creed is that its roots are in the sacrament of baptism. In the Apostles' Creed, a couple things are happening. One of the main things that's happening is when we say the Apostles' Creed, what we're doing is we are basically saying a pledge of allegiance to the Holy Trinity. We are saying, proclaiming, confessing our complete devotion to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Apostles' Creed is a grassroots confession of faith, as author Ben Myers puts it. In short, when we are saying the Apostles' Creed, what we are doing is we are affirming our belief in and commitment to the Holy Trinity. And it should be noted that this creed was not put together by some councils like the Nicene Creed, for example. Um, it helps us uh, fend off heresy, but it wasn't really a reaction to heresy as much as the Nicene Creed was. Instead, it was simply a response to the call of Jesus on his followers' lives, you know, like the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations, doing, doing this thing that we're about to talk about, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing the connection there? The call in our lives in the Great Commission is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the Apostles' Creed, which was a part of the baptismal rite, the sacrament of baptism, we are proclaiming our faith in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at our baptism. Are we catching on to the roots here? Now, fun fact, we get the name, the Apostles' Creed, and yes, I was doing air quotes, but you couldn't see them. We get our name, the Apostles' Creed, from the belief that each of the 12 apostles contributed a line to this creed in its formation. Now, this, of course, is just a fun legend, but it does give way to something deeper. In the book of Acts, or as I like to think of it, Luke volume 2, we find that believers were baptized, they were devoting themselves to the breaking of bread together, to prayer, and to the apostles' teaching. Now, here we are with the Apostles' Creed, we find that it is a baptismal confession, absolutely grounded in the faith of the apostles. See, that sounds a lot like what was going on in Acts 2, doesn't it? 
Now, of course, this baptismal confession, absolutely grounded in the faith of the apostles, was ultimately grounded in the words of the risen Christ, Jesus himself. That's what the Apostles' Creed is. Now, if you have worshipped with us maybe outdoors lately in our Praise in the Park services, or, or if you've just been a weekly member of the Christchurch family, and maybe even our more traditional worship services gathering in the sanctuary, or even if you gather with us in the worship center, then you've probably stood with us and said the Apostles' Creed um, together as the body of Christ in our worship gatherings on Sunday mornings. And what I want us to understand is that the Apostles' Creed as we know it, and as we have used it, even in our current church setting and worship services, what I want us to understand is that it was used and kind of was used in the beginning a little bit differently than how we might use it today. Although at the same time, I want us to understand that it was used for very similar reasons that we even use it in our worship services for very similar reasons as to why we use it in our worship services even today. And I know that's confusing, but you'll see what I mean. Really in the beginning, at least in the early church, the Apostles' Creed, was, it served two purposes. Number one, it was educational. That is, it was um, it was used for catechism. It was catechetical. And I really am only saying that word because I want to use it. Um, it's an interesting word that not maybe you might not be familiar with. Some of us might be. Um, but I just wanted to get that word out there early so we can use it going forward. Um, catechism. Um, to say that the creed was catechetical simply just means that it was used for teaching or for instruction. That was the first purpose of the Apostles' Creed. It was educational. It was informational. It was used for teaching or instruction. It was catechetical. There, I said it again. I'm done. <clears throat> it informed new believers as to what it is that the church believes. It was what... Um, it, it taught the faith, rather, that the believers who were on their way to baptism were about to confess. Does that make sense? The Apostles' Creed teaches believers the basics of the Christian faith as a whole. Okay, so number one, it was educational. Secondly, the creed was sacramental in its beginning. So it was educational and it was sacramental. What I mean by that is it did not simply teach and prepare a new believer for baptism, but it was actually a part of the sacrament of baptism. It was a part of the baptismal rite. See, by saying the Apostles' Creed, one is making a commitment. One is saying a vow. It's, it's like a, it's covenantal language. One is making a pledge of allegiance, if that's more helpful for our language today, to the God the God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are words that hold power. If you've ever been to a wedding ceremony or if you've ever been married, you said, you more than likely said or heard a wedding vow being said. Those words at least are meant to hold power. And it's the same thing is true with the Apostles' Creed. You are committing yourself to the triune God in saying it. So it was educational, but it was also sacramental. Now think about baptism for a second. What is happening there? 
Well, at the very least, we can say that something new is taking place. A person goes into the water as their former self. They come out of the water as a new creation, to use the Apostle Paul's language. And in saying these words, the Apostles' Creed, or at least the earliest form of the Apostles' Creed, during one's baptism, one is fully then becoming a disciple of Jesus and part of the community that we call his body, the church. They're fully committing themselves to those things. In short, the Apostles' Creed was meant to be a summary of the Christian faith as a whole and a believer's pledge. It's, it's a believer's commitment, their, their devotion to God and God alone. Now today, the Apostles' Creed still provides us with a structure for what it is that we believe as followers of Jesus and for who it is that we are committing our whole selves to. Now, there's, there's some pushback to saying the Apostles' Creed every week, just like there's pushback for following a structured liturgy every week. And I get that. But maybe to help us, let me quote an Anglican priest named Greg Goebel, who I think, who I think in these words really does help us here with such pushback when he says this, and it is a long quote. He says, Reciting the creeds during worship each and every Sunday may seem a bit repetitive for those not used to doing so. But... It is in that repetition that we find an inner dynamic which reinforces our belief. If faith is not only a mental or willful choice, but also a constant commitment which needs maintenance and training, then standing up and reciting the creeds each week serves an important purpose. He goes on and says, and this is no less true for the individual as it is for the community, both local and worldwide. By standing together, we are confessing our faith, not as simply a historical acknowledgement, though it is that, but as the faith we as a people claim and are claimed by today. Even further, Ben Myers, who I quoted earlier and who has written a really wonderful little book about the Apostles' Creed, stresses the importance of saying it together as an act of worship in this way. He says, to confess the creed, it's to take up a countercultural stance. When we say the creed, we are not just expressing our own views or our own priorities. We are joining our voices to a great communal voice that calls out across the centuries from every tribe and tongue. We locate ourselves as part of that community that transcends time and place. Listen, in saying the Apostles' Creed... Hopefully this just sums up everything I've already said. But in saying the Apostles' Creed, we are taught what it is that we believe as followers of Jesus. Joining our voices with believers everywhere, proclaiming our devotion and sole allegiance to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay? How was that? That wasn't too bad, right? There's a lot in there. Though we could have hit a lot more points, we, we try not to dig too deep today. That was just kind of a fly over what the creed is, where it came from, giving us a little bit of a better understanding before we go a bit slower in the days ahead. And, and I want to remind you, the reason why we're going to go so slowly through the Apostles' Creed is because this is really the main affirmation of faith that we use in our church family. There are others that we've sprinkled in, and I know we've said other creeds together as a body before as, as an act of worship, but this is the main, the main creed that we use, the Apostles' Creed. And I want us to go slower 
take our time with it in the days ahead so that we might fully grasp what it is that we are saying when we confess together the Apostles' Creed. All right. Well, I look forward to joining you again next time. Bless you.